Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. You can also find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. Well, Awesomes, I'm going to tell you all right from the top of the show that this episode of Sorta Awesome is unlike anything we've ever done before. We are doing this show sort of as a live recording right here at our dining room table. We're kind of inviting you in to the crazy that our family is after school these days. I'm joined by my husband, Kyle, who has been on Sort of Awesome before under much less chaotic circumstances. <laughs> he was on the show in episode 57, How to Dress a Man, and then he was on a, a later episode in 2017 when we both co-hosted a show with Tony Blauer and his wife called Stop Outsourcing Your Safety. But it has been since the fall of 2017 since Kyle was on the show. So, Kyle, thanks for coming back to Sort of Awesome this week. Well, thank you for having me on. And if uh, I sound different than I have on prior episodes, it's because I am have just recently barely survived a man cold and I am still in recovery. <laughs> The pervasive man cold has struck. It started with one of our the younger men in our house. John Kyle brought it home from school, I'm pretty sure. Yes. <laughs> and it has traveled through the whole family. Nico and I are the only ones to not get this cold yet. But Kyle is, he's like he said, he's on, on recovery from this. But he has graciously stepped in to co-host with me this week. We, we thought it would be a good time to just give you guys a big catch up on our family. We've been away from the microphone all summer. Of course, you all have been enjoying um, the Sort of Awesome Stories Summer Series that was um, what we shared with you all for all of June and July and most of August. And we're ready about we're just about ready to come back to you live. So really, we are literally sitting at our dining room table this week. You can hear the twins playing in the background. AJ, our sixth grader, is playing with the baby right now. And yeah, it's a little loud. <laughs> is it though? <laughs> well, we don't even notice anymore. <laughs> so in this episode, I'm just going to be sitting down and visiting with Kyle. I'm going to ask him some things like, what are your thoughts on having a new baby in your 40s? Because if you all haven't gotten caught up on Sort of Awesome and what we've had going on, we did just welcome home our fifth baby, Nicholas Augustine. We're calling him Nico. He's two months old now, you guys. And uh, Kyle, tell the Awesomes what he's weighing in at. A very fire hydrant-like 16 pounds and four ounces. <laughs> Can you guys believe that? I mean, two months old and 16 pounds. That is how we grow babies in our family. So Anyway, we thought we would catch up on talking about that, what it's like to have a baby in your 40s. I wanted to pick Kyle's brain a little bit about personality stuff. You all know that I cannot resist talking personality systems and personality types, so I'm going to um, twist Kyle's arm and make him talk about that with me a little bit. I also w really want to get a update from Kyle about 
the uh, How to Dress a Man episode. That was such a great episode that helped so many people to know how to put together a closet for men with clothes that are really suitable for work, for formal events, those types of things. Uh, I want to get a little bit more insight on what he's actually wearing on his work days these days. So we're going to get to all of that in just a few minutes. But first, we're going to go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week. You all know this is the moment in the show where we stop to talk about whatever's awesome in life, whether that's um, podcasts, a new show to binge, a movie, music, a product, whatever it is that's making life just a little bit more awesome these days. So Kyle, I cannot wait to hear what you have to share with the awesomes. Okay. No stress there. My <laughs> no pressure. Awesome of the week. My awesome of the week would actually be my awesome of several weeks. Um, sometime back, I began making religious jewelry that I didn't realize that's what was happening at the beginning of it, but that's where things have gone. Um, Rosaries being one part of that, which so so most of what I do is beaded work. And someone had come to me and commissioned me to make a custom piece for them. In the process of that, as I was researching a few things, I was reminded about just how interesting, how beautiful some of the Southwestern jewelry is, and specifically... Southwestern Pearls, which is, it's a hollow sterling silver bead. Starts out as sheet metal, it's cut and domed and soldered together, sometimes stamped. Um, I've, and I am was fascinated by those, and I'm a stubborn person and decided, you know what, I think I can do that. And so, spent some time doing that and have just recently landed on a final, well, probably not final, but landed on a product that I'm very pleased with. And so that's been pretty awesome to me. I have really enjoyed seeing you develop this because it reminds me so much that even though this isn't something that you've really been actively doing for a long time, a long time ago, as you started college, as you graduated high school and started college, you did not have an intention to someday be a collegiate football coach. You did not have an intention to be in the financial services industry. You started college as an art major. This is true. It's also true. I did not either have the intention to be a college student. This was at the insistence of my parents. So art was, uh, I had a, I had a very thoughtful, very good high school art teacher who I think recognized the dilemma and battle that we were having. And unbeknownst to me, uh, had entered me into several competitions and ended up with some art scholarship on the table. And so then, just as things went, that seemed like the most reasonable way for my parents to force me to do this and the most tolerable way for me to comply. Uh, but I do, I, I've always enjoyed art um, in different forms. This is the first time I've done something with metal, and that's been a, a fascinating journey. Well... Do I have your permission, sir, to share pictures of the art you've been creating on sort of awesome social media? Yes. I always I have to approve each one. Okay. <laughs> of course. I always have to ask because as you all know, Kyle can be um pretty private about things and we're going to actually talk about that a little bit later in the episode. So, stay tuned to sort of awesome social media for more on that. 
Um, so my awesome of the week is kind of also an awesome of the summer. It's something that has been in my, um, it's been on my radar for a couple of years now, but over the summer it has, um, I don't know. It's been really awesome for me. It's the YouTube channel gone with the winds winds being W Y N N S. I shared a little bit about this on one of the awesome overflow episodes for our superstar awesomes. Those are awesomes who support sort of awesome at $5 a month. They have been getting live real-time updates from the sort of awesome team. Kelly and Rebecca have made sure that the superstars got to hear some fresh new content over the summer. And I got to stop in and share some updates too. So Gone with the Winds, though, if you're not familiar with them, this is a YouTube channel, and it follows Jason and Nikki Wynn on their adventures. Started out when they sold everything they had in Dallas, where they're from, bought an RV, and RV'd around the country. That was several years back. And then two years ago, kind of when we first were introduced to this channel, um, they had sold their RV and bought a sailing catamaran so that they could take their adventures offshore, I guess you could say. And so they, two years ago, uh, left from Florida, headed down to the Caribbean, bounced around the islands, the Bahamas, and some of the other islands down there for a while, and then set out, took the extraordinary passage through the Panama Canal. Yes. And most recently have been in sailing around in French Polynesia. So they live on their catamaran full time. The two of them, they have two cats with them, Singa and Cleo. Their kitty cats are with them on their adventures. And they basically film everything and share it with their audience. And that's what they've been doing for years. I had not watched them for a while. And so over the summer... As I was nursing Nico and had kids running in and out of our bedroom and just kind of had a really limited attention span, too limited to sit down and watch a movie. Plus, if I watched a movie, I probably would have fallen asleep. (laughs) Um, Not enough attention or time or quiet to really get some good binge watching in. But the episodes of Gone with the Winds are, you know, they're like 20, 25 minutes. So plenty of time to really get to watch an episode but not a huge time commitment. So it's just been so fascinating. Jason and Nikki, Jason, why so loud? There are loud children in the background in case no one mentioned that. I feel like I'm yelling over them. Jason was a photographer, um, a studio photographer, I think, in his former life. Something, yes, pictures. And their production values for Gone with the Winds are amazing as good as, if not better than, some of the things that you would actually see produced for TV. Um, they are they produce these beautiful videos that are so calming and soothing. And I'll tell you what, not only has the Gone with the Winds channel been awesome for me, you know who else is a huge fan? I do. Nico <laughs> absolutely loves them. Nico Gus loves the winds. Every time they're on, he is absolutely captivated by them. There have been stretches where he wouldn't even take a nap in our room unless the winds were playing on yes. the TV. <laughs> so thank you, Jason and Nikki. You are uh, really helping us through some rough times here. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> so anyway, those are our awesomes of the week this week. You know, we always love to hear what is awesome in your life right now. So if you haven't already, come find us on Instagram. For those of you who prefer Instagram over Facebook, uh, every Friday morning we start an Awesome of the Week thread on Instagram. You can find us there at Sort of Awesome Show. 
And if you are on Facebook, please make sure that you are part of our sort of awesome hangout group. There are over 5,000 awesomes who make that a strong, truly awesome community. And every single Friday morning, we start our Awesome of the Week thread, where everybody kind of gathers around and shares all of the things that are awesome in their life right now. So if you haven't joined us there, you can do that by finding us at facebook.com slash groups slash sorta awesome hangout. Awesomes, it is already back to school time, not just for our family, but for lots of families across the country. You know, as parents, we want to equip our kids with everything they need for school. And that means making sure they have the skills and the confidence that they need to succeed. That's why I'm so excited to share with you all about the Mathnasium Advantage. Whether your kids need to get caught up in math or if they're advanced and you want them to stay ahead, Mathnasium will help make this their best school year yet. I recently signed up AJ, my sixth grader, for Mathnasium. She's at this really critical time as a beginning middle schooler as she's moving into more challenging math classes than she's ever been in before. And this is such a great time as a tween girl to really boost her confidence when it comes to math. Mathnasium is the authority on math education for grades two through 12, and they have over 1,000 franchise locations worldwide. Mathnasium's expert instructors teach each child individually face to face. They create customized learning plans to help students thrive in the classroom and in everything they do. And best of all, Mathnasium works around your busy schedule. There's no appointment needed. If you are as excited as I am about making this your kid's best school year yet, then do what I did. Schedule a risk-free assessment with Mathnasium today. You awesomes are going to get a special URL and a phone number just for you. Go to mathnasium.com slash awesome today or call 855-401-MATH. That's mathnasium.com slash awesome or call 855-401-MATH and schedule your risk-free assessment with Mathnasium today. Awesomes, we all know there is something really unawesome about warm alcohol. I don't like it, you don't like it, and neither did Dylan, the founder of Brewmate. That's why he made it Brewmate's mission to shake up the beverage industry for the better. Brewmate's stylish, insulated drinkware is designed to keep your favorite beverages ice cold all day long. Whether your tastes are in beer, wine, or spirits, Brewmate makes sure every sip is the perfect temp. You know, now that the weather's going to be cooling off pretty soon, you're probably going to be spending a lot more time outside. So if you do not want a beautiful, warm evening to spoil your favorite glass of white wine, you're going to love the Brewmate Wine Solator and Uncorked Wine Glasses as much as I do. It keeps a full bottle's worth of rosé or any chilled wine at the perfect temperature all day long, even out in the sun. The Wine Solator really makes it easy to take your favorite wine with you, whatever your outdoor destination might be, without worrying about keeping it chilled. You don't have to worry about any broken bottles or tickets for bringing glass into glass-free zones. And those uncorked wine glasses are amazing. They're the largest insulated wine glass in the world. They fit over a half a bottle of wine. They come with a splash-proof lid, and the best part is there are 30 colors available. They really are the perfect gift for that stylish wine lover in your life. So, awesomes, don't settle for warm alcohol. Chill out with your favorite drinks all day long with Brewmate. Visit brewmate.com and add code AWESOME to get 15% off of your first order. That's 15% off your first order when you go to brumate.com and add code AWESOME. You may or may not want to include this, 
but another awesome of the family is the fact that Nico can sneeze twice in succession without inhaling, as he just did a few moments ago. Yes. I don't know if the mic picked that up. From birth, he has been able, he does these like, I don't know, they're like shotgun sneezes? or just Machine like, gun. Machine gun, yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's our only child who has done that. Well, Kyle, let's start there. Let's start with the baby. Yes. So, the day after my 42nd birthday, Nicholas Augustine came into our lives at 38 weeks. He was 9 pounds, 14 ounces, making him the biggest of our five babies by one ounce. He beat Daisy, who was the reigning champ, at 9 pounds, 13 ounces. And very disappointed by it. She was really bummed. Dethroned, yes. Um, so, and he was born early, yeah, two weeks early, and she was born two weeks late. Yeah, so yeah, he's, he's a big one. He's a big one, and he just keeps growing. He has not missed many meals around here for sure. Um, but I wanted to ask you a little bit about this. You know, I have definitely talked in the past on Sort of Awesome about this whole experience of having another baby, having a baby in my forties, and I have a few more words that I'm going to share in the future. But while I've got you here, I would really love to hear your perspective. You just turned 44 this month. When our oldest daughter, Daisy, was born, you were 30. So you've lived a lot of life, had a lot of experiences, learned a few things along the way. I'd love to hear your perspective on having a baby, being a dad to a baby in your 40s as opposed to any other time in life. Yeah. So with... I, I and, you mentioned I was 30 which from some with our first child which from some people's perspective would be a late start on having babies but I think psychologically at least I was still a little boy even though I was 30 years old and it was the knowledge that we were expecting was overwhelming from the perspective that I had to realize man I don't even take care of myself well and now there's a new responsibility in the mix regardless of what biological age I was it was really a a scary terrifying moment and as the hospital trusted irresponsible me to leave with a baby and yeah so and you can hear his disapproval <laughs> yes um, I think the age, the both victories and failures under our belts from one through four, I have been able to cling to a much higher level of chill mm-hmm. and enjoy just the existence of this human rather than the fear that I might be the responsible one for his death at any moment. <laughs> That is so interesting to hear you say, and it mirrors so much of my experience. I would definitely say I am so much more chill with Nico than any of the other babies. There's less fear about doing everything the right way, you know, with Daisy. And to some extent, AJ, I was really quite obsessed with making sure I did everything perfectly, spent a lot of time researching what does it mean to do things the right way. I was like pretty uptight. <laughs> I can no. I can remember one time 
when Emily, my sister, you all know her, she's been on the show many times. Um, Emily was, had come to visit us. And this was when Daisy, she was old enough to sit up on her own, but she was still a baby. She was not a toddler yet. And so um, Emily had volunteered to do bath time with her. She really wanted to give Daisy a bath. And so she did. And, and I had told her specifically, like, here's, okay, here's what to do when you give her a bath. And so I went down the, the order that everything should be done in and then, you know, kind of set her loose with Daisy to give her a bath and then went in to check on them. And, and Emily was, had the gall to do things out of order. She, she washed her hair after she had already washed her body. And I was like, oh gosh, I was just so concerned and was like, oh, well, I mean, okay, I, I guess that'll be okay. <laughs> Now with Nico, we're like, when was the last time you had a bath? He's right. a little yeah. ripe. Maybe we should bathe hey, him. See if that person walking by on the sidewalk will bathe him. <laughs> um, the degree of chill is very, very high with Nico for sure. And plus, listen, I have to say, having one baby after having had twins, this is a piece of cake for sure. And he's a pretty easy baby. He is a good baby. He really is. Plus, Kyle, something that's super different for you that we didn't really touch on is that, you know, when, when the girls were born, you were coaching college football. So you were rarely at home. Uh, when the twins were born, you were home much more often. You had already transitioned to financial services industry, but you worked at a big fancy job downtown wearing your fancy suit every day. And, and you were home more. You usually got home, what, between three and four in the afternoon, four and five, four and yeah. five. Um, so you were more, you were at home more than when you were coaching for sure. But now you're home full time. All the time. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> when the twins were about a year old, you left the corporate world and with a partner started, you guys started your own business. And so, yeah, you're here for a lot more of the hands-on baby yeah. stuff. Yeah. I don't know that that necessarily equates to help i think i stand around awkwardly and that's not true stare at people <laughs> that is not true and you know it in fact a lot of the time when nico is in his you know usual fussy zone that babies get in in the evenings which he's kind of on the verge of right now you guys so you might get to hear quite a bit of him um but often you really are the only person who can genuinely pick him up get him good and swaddled Sway, rock, shush, the whole thing. You're the only one that can really get him to settle. Well, there are children look to you for comfort. They look at me out of a gaze of retracted fear and <laughs> uncertainty as to what may happen next. That's so it changes the environment, it calms them <laughs> like fear paralysis. No, it's not. No, it's not. You're very, you're very good with babies, and especially with this Nico man. So I may be the only one that's able to hold him in another month or two. Oh my gosh, he's so heavy. I'm definitely having to work out and strengthen some muscles that I kind of forgot that I have. <laughs> All right, so that's kind of a good check in on the baby front. Another thing that I wanted to talk to you about was the whole idea of personality types. Yes, now, yes. That's not something that you and I have ever talked about on mic before, but let, let the record show that off mic you have had to endure. We have talked <laughs> so many hours. 
lot. So many hours of conversation about personality stuff. I've shared with you all before that um, one of the main reasons that I ever even got interested in personality types and and what the different systems were, what type I was, was not just to have a better understanding of myself, but also to have a better understanding of you because... Because I am an enigma. You are an enigma. Don't yes. let anyone tell you otherwise. That's right. <laughs> because truly, we we have been a very, like... I feel like we've had a lot of chemistry. We really clicked from the beginning. Yes. We've had definitely have had things in common, but there are a lot of ways that we are so different. And as in most marriages, most long-term relationships, those differences have caused some friction through the years. It's been hard to raise you. <laughs> so the first system that I got into over 10 years ago was Myers-Briggs. And I figured out pretty quickly. In fact, I feel like I even took a test in college that indicated that I was an ENFP. And that certainly, certainly rings true to this day. For a long time, I was really convinced that you were an ISTJ. Um, I really saw, of course, you are definitely self-identify as an introvert. You're definitely a thinking type in the sense that, of course, thinking types in Myers-Briggs are, are people who make decisions based on the facts, based on the black and white, based on what is objective rather than subjective. Um, and definitely a J-type, a judging type who feels really compelled to take action on a thing once you've really processed the information. So I thought that you were an ISTJ because you're really strong. You have a really high component for sensing, which is to say you really have a, a firm grasp of the concrete that's around you. You are definitely an artist. You um, really are great with home decor, like anything that looks nice in our house ever from our married student housing apartment until now is because you picked it out. Um so you have this really high capacity for sensing, but it was a true reawakening of Myers-Briggs when I realized you are not an ISTJ, you are an INTJ, which means you're one of those intuitive types like I am. And I feel like we are intuitive, but in different ways. You as an INTJ have that really, really strong introverted intuition as your first cognitive function. You share that with INFJ. I call this introverted intuition, your spidey sense, because you have such a strong, strong intuition, a, an ability to kind of read a situation, to understand a situation, to read a person and understand a, a person based almost entirely on like what's happening non-verbally, like the vibe that they're putting off. Now you may not like that sort of woo-woo language. <laughs> well, it feels a, a little bit X-Men, but <laughs> there are I, I mean, I, and I can't look at any point in time and say, hey, this, 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 and this are things. I do take in a lot of details at once. And rather than trying to extrapolate each detail and exhaust it, because then it's too late to make a decision, I, I trust the overall feel that I get from a situation. And it typically works out well. I probably have made some rash judgments, but never, at least so far, to the detriment. I err on the side of caution with things, and yeah. Well, some examples that come to mind for me of this, too. I mean, I know you, you like to always kind of say, well, I don't miss many details. I'm tuned into what's happening. So a couple of examples that come to mind 
you really did seem to have a sense before we even ever had it confirmed with the doctor that I was pregnant with twins. Yes. You would tease me about it and I would be so horrified at the idea (laughs) and so resistant to believing it. Um, And then again, you had a really strong sense that I was pregnant when I was having a variety of health problems around the time we found out that I was pregnant with Nico. And even though a lot of people in my life, friends, my sister, a lot of people are like, oh, I think it's going to be a girl. You knew instinctively it's a boy. Now, of course, you had a 50-50 chance of getting that one right. This but but all of our kids, you knew the gender before we had the ultrasound. That's true. So or that was my inclination anyway. I wouldn't say I knew. Okay. Well, I mean, as you think back on your life, can you think of times when your intuition, when your gut instinct was actually a little off base or was actually wrong? Mm, not not absolutely. Um, it's hard for me. I just have to take your word for it. And I genuinely have long since um, just kind of accepted for my own self to trust your first read on a situation or on a person. It's so rarely wrong. And as you may know, and you don't really fully agree with me on this, but I do believe that my first impressions, my intuition is often wrong in the beginning. You you intuit differently than I do. And where I might be able to see a, a first impression of a person, you've always been far better at, in a moment of crises, knowing best how to speak with one of our children. That's true. Well, and I think that that's just a really great example of one of the gifts of personality types and systems is kind of seeing how we balance each other out, understanding what we each bring to the table. I think for you to really settling into your identity, not that you, like, not that INTJ is your identity, but like really understanding what that means, how you move in the world, how you understand the world, how you process the world. I think for you has allowed you to let go maybe a lot of the negative things you might have seen in yourself, or maybe even some of the shame that you might have had. Sure. Introversion is lonely at times. So nobody picks that. Everybody wants to be the person that's popular in a social setting. Just not everyone has that ability. And so recognizing that that isn't necessarily who I am by design, it's freeing, it's relief of guilt, of bad feelings about self. Yeah. And I think, too, it's helped you to understand why things like, you know, truth and authenticity are such high values for you. And yes. and maybe even helped you to understand, crazily enough to you, that there are people who don't actually care if their opinions are based in fact. or Right. <laughs> and like their that. name is Facebook. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of that, let's just talk about that because... Not only has it been a few years since you came to Sort of Awesome, it's also been a few years since you made the somewhat radical decision in our culture to completely remove yourself from social media. Not just be like, I'm just not going to log into Facebook anymore. I mean, you deactivated, you shut down, you walked away, and I don't think you've ever looked back. Does that seem right? Despite the frequent reminders and, and, and requests for me to come back. Do they really? Does yes, I've told Mark several times now, <laughs> leave me alone. It's over. It's not you, it's me. 
<laughs> but it's actually mostly him. It's mostly him. <laughs> um, yeah, so you have no Facebook at all. None. Um, and no regrets about that. None, none. Yeah. I, uh, you know, and I think probably the first thing to say is even when I was on social media, I wasn't really on yeah. social media. I lurked. Yeah. Read, posted non-important things. What I I reached the point where I realized that so much of what I read was it inflamed me. It made me angry. And then because I wasn't going to frequently post on there, that meant that my anger got taken out on the next person I crossed paths with. Sure. And because I do work from home, that's you or one of the kids and that's just stupid. So I feel like the decision to leave there has made me a happier person, has made me a better husband, a better father. I mean, I completely concur with that. You used to have a lot of righteous anger because people on the internet were wrong. <laughs> Someone's wrong on the internet. Yes. I must have been truth. Now, I do feel like I have to ask, I think I know what you might say to this, but I'm sure there are people who are wondering, okay, so you don't like social media. You don't like your pictures to be up there. You don't want to talk about yourself on there. You don't want to be on there. But you're married to somebody whose actual job kind of lives on the internet. And I share publicly a lot of things about our life. Not everything, of course. A lot of things are kept private, but there's a lot that's out there about our family life, about my personal thoughts and feelings and those types of things. So I'm wondering, what what's your take on that? It's not my first choice. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, but, you know, this isn't a dictatorship either. Yeah. And learning to allow those around me who I care about to have their space and do their things. And you've been very, very kind, very considerate in on occasion checking and saying, Hey, how would you feel about this? And if I've said, even if it's ridiculous, my response, if it's been negative, you'd said, okay. Yeah. So when I don't feel threatened, then I'm probably more relaxed with allowing things to occur. I, I look at things from the perspective of a protector and I know that within Either my job as a coach a decade ago or my job now in the financial services industry that people who are, for the most part, strange and weird and incitable to anger, um, you know, if a lot of information is out there available, then the one-off random low statistic time that they decided to act and be silly, then we've paved the way for them to do something very terrible. So it's an overreaction on my part. It's a protective perspective on my part to let them be angry, but not find a way to vent. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So definitely, you know, again, we're just literally sitting around our dining room table. We certainly talk about our kids a lot and spider-man did just walk through the room yes full full gear head to toe spider-man was just here sorry you all had to miss that (laughs) um we definitely talk about personality stuff how and why we're perceiving things the way that we do and we have the opportunity to do this every afternoon to kind of unpack our days and just check in with each other because 
you do work from home and I work from home. And that leads me to the next thing that I wanted to get an update on uh, from you about. Like I said at the top of the show, you created an amazing resource for people called How to Dress a Man, where you took us by the hand and gently walked us through how to build a closet, a wardrobe for a man that is going to take him from, you know, daily office wear, whether it's casual or a dressy office, maybe even times when you need to dress up and put on a suit, those types of things. But working from home as you do, you're not in there in your home office every day, all completely, you know, decked out head to foot in your nicest suits. And you do have some beautiful clothing, but it's mostly in your closet in case you need it. What is your daily uniform actually like? My daily uniform is a t-shirt, not uh, of the wife beater variety, <laughs> but a graphic t-shirt and either like a cargo short or jeans most often True. is what I wear in my quote unquote office. You know, it's been about a year since I stumbled across something that has kind of been a game changer for you in terms of sourcing the t-shirts that you wear on a daily basis. And that is Woven. Woven being a subscription service that sends you a new t-shirt every single month, which, yeah, like I said, it's kind of been a game changer. They are not sponsors, but we have talked about them a lot because it has really made a huge impact on what you wear from day to day. I would love for you to say a little bit more about being on the receiving end of getting yes. a Woven shirt every month. First of all, Woven, why you have not found Sorta Awesome and become a sponsor, I don't know. I'll be reaching out to you shortly. <laughs> Yeah, they are phenomenal. The I'm I know I'm over analytical and I have no guilt over that. I I need peace in my decision making processes and it requires some analysis. So for me, I mean there there's there's two different perspectives that you take from my over analytical perspective. When you go to dress yourself, and that is one, what do you want to wear? And two, what is respectful for the people that you will be around that day. And so I will wear a suit, a nice suit, a well-fitting suit, when I'm going to be around the people who I owe that to them out of respect. That isn't that often, so I don't do it that often. What I have found more frequently as a, a self-employed home office or mobile office, whatever you want to call it, uh, is that I get to pick what I want to wear. And when I look at myself from past to present, I most regularly enjoy wearing a good quality t-shirt and either a pair of shorts or jeans. That's how, how I grew up. It's what feels right. It's what feels normal, what feels comfortable. So, but it can't just be some janky, stretched out... <laughs> Cigarette burn holes and gravy stains t-shirt. I, I like a nice t-shirt. Yeah. So that's woven makes a very nice t-shirt. Now I'll tell you a silly story about the other part of, of why I like them. So prior to finding them, most of the t-shirts that I ended up with, honestly, were from Target because they do carry a, a good quality t-shirt. The downside was you're advertising whatever it is that they're wanting to put on the shirt. So it's a Saturday. I'm doing some home project. I need to run to the home improvement store to get some materials and 
I reached the register. I'm wearing one of my t-shirts. It was a Coca-Cola t-shirt. I felt like that was probably one of the least offensive things to advertise. I do love a good diet Coke. Yeah. Perhaps consumed in my own body weight on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, but not for the last couple of weeks, right? right. That's why we had to take a break again. Cut it we, off. We get to like peak Diet Coke and then we're like, we have right. got to stop ourselves. This is not healthy. It's not. For someone. I don't know. <laughs> it's our impromptu retirement plan is to stop drinking Diet Coke and invest the money for periods of time. <laughs> but so yeah, I'm pull on my t-shirt. I go, I'm standing in line. I reach the register and this person at the register at the home improvement store just verbally it's like an assault they're like so uh, president trump's recent comments about blah 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 in mexico and the coca-cola bottling plant there and how do you feel about coca-cola stock now oddly you know i work in the financial <laughs> services industry and Are i you like what is that right? like right how now? did you how do you know me what I didn't know what shirt I was wearing, anything. It really caught me off guard. It was very invasive. I just wanted a piece of lumber for a project, and the T-shirt I wore forced me into an exchange I had no intention of participating in. <laughs> All because of the dang T-shirt. Because of the T-shirt. So Woven's designs, uh, and I feel like some of theirs come from almost like a contest-type format to submit, and whether or not, half the time you don't even know what it is. I'm wearing one now. I don't know entirely what it is. Yeah, it's just a design. It's just a design. It's non-offensive, and it's a quality t-shirt, and yeah. yay. Yeah. The other facet of that, too, is that I recognize amongst men, t-shirts and underwear are the two hardest things to throw away and replace. Certainly. Uh, go, go right now, ladies, and look through the drawer of your loved one, and there'll be underwear older than your relationship, I promise. <laughs> And it isn't so much that we don't want to replace it. It's the whole difficulty of going through the process. So this is easy. Every month they send a new shirt and, and eventually there's so many shirts in my drawer. I have to throw one away long before I look like Joe the Ragman from down the street or whatever. Right. Totally. And Woven, they just like take the whole decision making out of it for you. They're just like, here's your shirt. Yes. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Here's and color, design. Take it. Shut yeah. up. If you don't like it, there'll be another one next month. That's right. <laughs> well, the things that you have learned about, not only learn for yourself, but also be, you're now beginning to teach our children, too, about, like, you have to wear what is appropriate to the circumstance. And yes. that's come into play hugely for our girls. I mean, for the first time ever, they're both on campuses, for the first time since they started public school, where they don't have to wear a uniform. And that freedom has been overwhelming. And... There's, they had so many choices to make about what am I going to wear to school this year? And so you've had the opportunity to have some really good guiding conversations with them to help them understand appropriateness. Like just because you can wear almost anything you want doesn't mean you should, right? Uh, right. you know, exercise that freedom in all aspects and, and learning that it's not just about school. It's about the rest of your life. Every context you're going to be in, there's going to be some kind of appropriate way to dress for it. Indeed. And, you know, with the girls especially, this is something that's still so much of a learning process for me um, and overcoming my own stigmas that I grew up with and things. I think it's so desperately both important and difficult for a woman to, or young lady in this case, two of which we have, to learn how to 
dress in a fashion that isn't compromising of who they are, but at the same time, not ex- so so not being ashamed of of sexuality, but not being exploitative of sexuality. Right. That's a wrestling match for me sure. to to wade through. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard for grown women to wrestle yes. through that. And they're doing this as tweens and teens. And so, yeah, it gets kind of tricky sometimes. Okay, before we wrap up, I wanted to do a quick lightning round of questions. And you do not know what's coming. So Ooh, boy. this is going to be first response on all of these. I just thought this would be fun. All we right. should do this I more may often. take over editing this portion of the podcast. <laughs> okay, first question. Do you prefer texting or talking? Talking. Really? No doubt. You're not a good texter. I, texting <laughs> leaves so much in the ether that it's like... <laughs> Were they frowning when they said that? Smiling? Is <laughs> that a sarcastic emoji? I hate emojis. Yes, I was going to say, you hate emojis, and you've trained people in your life to not use emojis yes. when they're texting you, but then you are left wondering, like, what did they mean by that? Right. <laughs> so you're a talking person, even though you are an yes, introvert. Yes, because there's so much from facial expressions, from body postures, that's where you really figure out where the person's coming from. Gotcha. Okay. What's your favorite city besides the one that we live in right now, which is Oklahoma City? Ooh, that's tough. Favorite city in the world. In the world yeah. where I've been. It, it could. You don't even have to have been there. Okay. Well, I'm intrigued by many cities within the Caribbean. Um, that's yeah. been something within the last few years where my heart's really reached out since... Honestly, a hair before the the massive was a Hurricane Maria mm-hmm. that blew through. Um, those are intriguing. In terms of places that I've lived, both Fort Worth and San Marcos were amazing yeah. places to live. And then in the same breath, Oklahoma City has done so much in recent years where they're recreating a lot of the things that I did enjoy about both of those places. With places to eat, places to have locally made oh, yeah. stuff. Totally, totally. Um, let's see. How long does it take you to get ready, sir? For the standard day in the office wearing t-shirt and shorts? Yes. Like, it's variable, dependent upon when I looked at the clock. Okay. Because I can get it done in about four <laughs> minutes. But if I have longer, I'll take longer. What about getting ready for Sunday Mass? If I have the... If I don't have time, I can get ready in four minutes. But if I don't, I, I'll take a little longer. It takes maybe a couple minutes longer. But I already, my my wardrobe is versatile, but not wildly diverse. So I know, look, it's going to be one of these two or three pairs of jeans or pants. It's going to be one or two or three of these shirts and a, a jacket. So it's pretty rapid. Gotcha. Gotcha. Scale of one of 10. How good are you at keeping secrets? 10 being the best, one being don't trust you with anything. From who? Because I have no secrets from you. That's true. I tell you every, even if somebody's like, hey, I'm going to tell you something. Don't tell anybody. I'm like, okay, hang on. Megan, I'm going (laughs) to bring you in. Don't say anything. You're on this call with me. I tell you everything. But beyond that, I I feel like 10, I absolutely am Stonewall Jackson. Your fault, for sure, for sure. Um, Let's see. Favorite junk food? Doritos. Doritos. Yes, I love the pretend cheese. Okay. Cake or pie? It's too broad. It's too broad. You got to narrow it down. <laughs> the chocolate cake you make is outstanding. Thank you. A good peach pie is uh, incredible. Okay. Um, let's see. What's another good one on here? Do you snore? 
I do aggressively. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm Usually sorry. just when you're congested, honestly. Maybe. I don't know. You you might or might not snore. I won't validate that. Yeah, you, Whoever you, fall asleep first has no idea what the other person does. <laughs> that is a true fact for sure. You're being very kind, but the truth is I do have a terrible, terrible snoring problem. Not now. Mm. Honestly, not now. Okay. It's mainly during pregnancy that it's, I'm looking to see what bricks need to be replaced in the home the next day. <laughs> That's accurate. I cannot deny that. Okay, last one. What's a nickname your parents used to call you? That's a deep, deep cut. (laughs) This is embarrassing, and I've never shared this publicly. Do you feel like you can? I'm going to. Okay. I'll probably regret it. Austin's, you are in the inner circle. This is is information he does not share around. If any of you call me this, I'll punch your husbands. (laughs) My dad was the master of teasing people never maliciously he always he had a way of laughing when he knew he got you that you couldn't be mad at him you were just frustrated that he'd gotten you yes totally randomly for no reason whatsoever that i can possibly lay a finger on i couldn't have been older than the second grade he called me bunsy And for whatever reason, I had a very violent reaction to that, which only fueled the fire. And that is what he called me every time he wanted to jerk me to attention. Yeah. Always with the fear that someone would overhear it. Uh, He was always gracious enough that no one ever did. But yes, that would be it. The very embarrassing nickname of Bunsy. I got to experience that firsthand. You and I started dating in college. I think the very first weekend I came home with you to meet your parents, he rolled that out and you, the the simmering, like probably saw the fires of hell rage up in my eyes. It was in your eyes only, but you were like, no, um, that's so funny. And I think too, you have carried on that torch from your father because you like to assign all kinds of nicknames to all of our children. I do. It's good for them. (laughs) Look how maladjusted I turned out. (laughs) Your dad's legacy lives on in that for sure. So, okay. Well, one last thing we were talking, we started the show with your awesome of the week talking about the um, way that you are hand crafting, hand making these beautiful beads that you're using and incorporating into the rosaries you've made and the other religious jewelry and art you've been creating. Do you feel comfortable now that I've gotten you to spill all of your secrets yeah, sort right. of inadvertently humiliated myself in front of America? <laughs> Do you feel comfortable revealing what our next project is that we're rolling out and, and getting ready to launch into the world. I do. I'll spill part and let you finish because you are in okay. fact, the business manager here. Okay. We'd started making, honestly, at first the, the religious jewelry was for ourselves. And then that branched into making it to give away to others. And we literally gave to Every resource we could find, we found ourselves with an inventory, unable to give away as fast as we were making things. And through circumstance, um, we ended up being, I'd mentioned earlier, commissioned by someone to make a very, very fine materials rosary is out of turquoise and Mexican amber, sterling silver, spiny oyster shells, truly a gorgeous piece. And it was through that person's excitement and connections that 
we found ourselves almost not being forced, but like the next, next natural avenue was to say, well, look, just we, we can't give them away any faster than we are, but we're making them faster. So let's get some retail outlets in place. And there, there is a place that's carrying them now. We're working towards a retail outlet of our own and we'll also approach others. And yeah, so you, you talk about that because you're running that side. Well, let's just clarify and use exact language. When you say we were making the religious jewelry, I was not involved in this at all. It was a financial commitment on both of our parts. And every time something's made, I lean desperately upon your approval or disapproval. Okay. Well, that's true. So we are launching another small business. It's sort of like we can't stop having kids and we just can't stop making new businesses. Why not? have a business for each kid. (laughs) So we are launching a new small business to be able to sell the rosaries and the other, the religious jewelry that Kyle's been making. Um, We're going to call it Niklas Design, which we understand is a little confusing because we also have a son named Nicholas or Nikolaus is how his name is spelled. Um, But the, the, the child wasn't named after the business and the business isn't named after the child. Truly, they're both inspired by St. Nicholas, who is your confirmation saint. Yes. Deeply impactful. And, and not the St. Nicholas that we view as the perspective of Santa Claus. Certainly a worthwhile history to look into. Definitely. Definitely. St. Nicholas has been hugely inspirational to our whole family, not just to you, but definitely to you. And so we don't, we're still working on the back end of things, getting the technology part of it, the um, pictures taken and all of the, like Kyle said, I'm doing all of the business and marketing side of it. And he's doing the art side and the creative side. And I so get the fun part. Yeah. Stay tuned to that. We will be definitely on my own sp- social media, especially sharing, but I'll, I'll let you all know in the sort of uh, awesome social media channels as well. When we have that fully launched, we were really excited to bring these pieces to the world. It was born out of a frustration that every rosary that we picked up to pray, we're both deeply devoted to the rosary, our whole family is, they would literally crumble in our hands. They would fall apart. <laughs> they would fall apart. And so Kyle was on a mission to create a rosary that was beautiful, but also durable, that would last for many, many, many years. And I'm so proud of the art that Kyle has created. It's it's truly gorgeous, and it does make you want to pray and to enter into that contemplative space of prayer more often. So we're really excited about it. So that's a new venture that we have coming, um, the two of us. So yeah, lots of things to look forward to in the days to come, not to mention all these kids right that somehow have all now found their way into the dining room. Isn't this how it goes most days? Yeah, and... <laughs> You know, like Megan said at the beginning, this is a different format that we've, that we, she has recorded <laughs> in, um, and it's both different in terms of the studio audience here, as well as my participation isn't that frequent, but we've talked a lot. And if this is something that seems to be well received, then you may get more of the whole family. Yeah. More family style, sort of awesome. So um, you're not on social media right now, but if people do have follow-up questions, comments, thoughts for you, I will make sure to funnel them your way for sure. You are my business manager. (laughs) Good, good. Um, I, as you all know, can be found on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg and all of the places. You can find the show over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. The show is on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. And yeah, 
Thank you, Kyle, for stepping in, for co-hosting. I mean, you're my co-host in life, but it's always a treat when you come to Sort of Awesome. So thank you for taking the time to do this. Thank you for having me. It's deeply flattering that you would bring me in to your trusted circle of, of to, to make a recommendation to someone, uh, is a big deal. And that's kind of what this is. You've, you've brought me in as a recommendation to listen to. That's a big deal. You've put your own reputation on the line for that. So I deeply appreciate that. Thank you. It's, it's, it's done well for me to do that for 21 years. So I'm not about to stop now. You never know. (laughs) Well, awesome. Thank you all so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sort of Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.